My name is Jose Vargas, and I am on a mission to help you create breakthroughs in your personal and professional life so that you can grow and lead your life with excellence. Welcome, everyone, to the Jose Vargas Show. This podcast was created for leaders to help leaders strategize to create breakthroughs so that you can lead yourself and others effectively. I am your host, Jose Vargas. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and I hope you're enjoying it. Listen, in this episode, you don't want to miss it. I sit down with my good friend, Clint, and he is going to be sharing on the importance of being vulnerable as a leader and how that translates into your organization and how that will take your organization to the next level. I am super excited uh, to be talking to my good friend, Clint Herndon. Um, And in this episode, we're talking about vulnerability and leadership and how it can be good for business. So Clint, just to introduce you a little bit, uh, Clint is a, a licensed certified public accountant, CPA, and a certified fraud examiner uh, with over 11 years of law enforcement experience and over 12 years in the accounting field. So uh, Clint uh, was in law enforcement, like I said, he, he has translated that into uh, building an accounting and consulting firm that focuses on the idea of helping clients reach their next peak. Uh, Clint is also the host of the Next Peak podcast, which I highly recommend. Um, again, Clint is a friend of mine. Uh, we met back in tw- the dark days of 2020. <laughs> you know, I don't know if they were that dark, but I mean, they were dark for a lot of people. So, uh, but, uh, you know, we connected our, our past love for law enforcement, passion to serve leaders and, and help people get to that next peak in life. Right. So, Clint, you know, um, our goal here is to help leaders create breakthroughs in life and in their organization so that they can lead themselves and others more effectively. And, Clint, as you know, life has many ups and downs, right? You know, the, the, the ups that we post on social media and the things that we don't post on social media, things that we don't really want to share with a lot of people. Um, so there's ups and downs to life. There's, there's the good moments and the bad moments. There's the moments where, where we're vulnerable and the moments where we're not so vulnerable. And in this episode, you know, you're going to help us understand how being vulnerable in leadership and in business how that is good for the organization and for your and for yourself as a leader. Um, so, vulnerability in leadership, right? What does that look like, and why is that important? Well, first, I, man, I just like to say thank you so much for having me on, Jose. I, I love what you're doing. I love your message. Um, you. you know, like you said, you and I instantly connected. We're sitting on the back of the bus, going, "Wait, you too? Cool. <laughs> let's let's talk." Um, so uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah, vulnerability, man. It's uh, it's not a popular topic among men specifically. Yeah, and and I, and I don't want to be sexist, so I'd say any really driven leader is scared of vulnerability, mm. um, and we shouldn't be, because I, I think vulnerability is different than being weak. In fact, mm. I, I think it's the exact opposite. That's so good. I think it is. I think it is strength, because what you're showing is that I'm human, just like you, just like the people I'm leading. I'm human. I have a vision, and I have a way to execute that vision, and I care about you as my team. But along the way, I'm going to show you. You know, it's okay to be human. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to have a bad day. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I think that goes so far with your clients. Uh, definitely goes far with your team. It takes the pressure off of them, right? Because they're yeah. not just sitting around going, oh my gosh, I have to be perfect all the time because my That's leader's right. perfect. That's right. And uh, and then, you know, just on a personal level, it keeps you from mel- melting down mm. because you don't have to be fake. You don't have That's to right. have a facade. Um, I, I love you can, yeah, no, I'm sorry to interrupt. You know, I love that. I love what you just said. I mean, and and if you think about it, Clint, you know, sometimes and, and, and as you're talking, you're 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 making me think about when I used to lead an organization and how being vulnerable and being true to who you are is liberating. It really is, you know. And so, you know, speaking of that, share a little bit of your story, where you come from and how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so. Yeah, my story's uh, pretty wild. I mean, it, you know, just if you read my bio, it's uh, 11 years of law enforcement, 12 years of accounting, and people go, wait, what? How does that translate? And, um, excuse me, it it, uh, it it shouldn't, right? But, uh, you know, my tail in law enforcement was uh, I'm, I'm highly driven. Uh, I'm very goal-oriented. Uh, I'm a perfectionist, uh, a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> And, uh, and so I get into law enforcement because I always wanted to serve. I, I love the intrigue of it. I, I loved, uh, you know, the, the idea that I was going to be helping people and saving people potentially and that kind of thing. So I, I was a, you know, I was a street cop. I was on patrol. And uh, just like anything else in life, I was going to be the best at it, period. There was nothing that going to stop me. And so what I learned from my peers uh, and, the, and the guys that were older than me was, this uh, kind of stoic approach to life. Uh, we're supermen, you know, we, we go out, we conquer the bad guys, we show no emotion because that's dangerous. And, uh, you know, I did that. Uh, my first stint in law enforcement for seven years of the local police department and uh, did patrol, worked uh, uh, graveyards primarily. We got, got into detectives and what happened is by not being vulnerable, by not being a real person, my world caved in. Mm. Um, you know, on the outside, I was big and tough and, you know, lifting weights and staying strong and throwing bad guys around and, and you know, hooking and booking, you know, to use a, uh, a TV term. Uh, but in reality, you know, I was going home depressed, anxious, mm. you know, uh, not relationally connected, all those things. And uh, because I didn't want to admit that I wasn't Superman. I didn't want to admit that when I saw something tragic that it affected me. Mm. And so, um, you know, I did what I thought I was supposed to do. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy who's supposed to be in that space. I'm supposed to be protecting people. I can't show weakness or vulnerability. And then what you find out is that, uh, literally everybody around me is thinking the same thing Mm. and we're all pretending, you know, I, my, my buddies in law enforcement are probably not going to appreciate that comment a whole lot. Um, but, but we were, I mean, I I think a lot of, I think there's a lot of progress being made in being vulnerable, you know, getting back to the, the station and, you know, crying if you just saw a dead child or, you know, having some time to recoup from something tragic, but, when I got into law enforcement 20 years ago, that wasn't the case at all. Mm. So, um, 
so my transition into a different career was kind of not really my choice at that point. Uh, I got to the point where I, I was so anxious. I was so depressed. I made a life decision and, and just quit. I, I walked away from the job. I had at that point, no parachute really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I just knew I'm so burned out. My, the rest of my life doesn't look very good. And I need to do something different. And, uh, and so that was kind of the launch into trying several different things and then uh, ultimately landing uh, with a tax firm in Sacramento where I got into accounting. And uh, I, well, I guess that's not totally fair. I had an accounting degree, but uh, hadn't really worked in the field much. So, Wow. Yeah, wow, that's powerful. So, Clint, so t- take us back a little bit then how, you know, when you went through that, because it's so true, man, it's oftentimes as leaders, as, you know, alpha males or even, you know, even even women who are just alpha personalities, right, uh, who may be listening, who are driven, who are motivated to to accomplish goals, to perform, to save the world, to to be a ser- of service to other human beings, you know, and and oftentimes, like you said, when we're if we're not careful you know, we will crash and burn if we're not careful, you know, or if we're not real to who we are as, as human beings, you know, that we share emotions that we, that when, when someone dies, we we're sad about it. You know, when someone, something tragic happens, it affects us, you know? So what was that turning point for you when, you know, I know, I know you say you, you, you felt like you hit rock bottom there at that moment. Um, what was that for you? What was the moment where you were like, you know what, I need to change careers. I need to make a move. I need to make, because for the leader listening, maybe they're in a situation similar, you know, they might be leading an organization, the organization's thriving, you know, their people are thriving. uh, But somehow inside of them, they feel like everything is collapsing, you know, whether that is at home or their, their mental health or whatever the case may be. So how can, what was that for you? And how can that person begin to take those steps um, because you took a step, you took a radical step, right? You, you left the career, which you know, which good for you for, for doing that because you knew your limits, but, but how can someone who can't necessarily leave their, their role, how can they process that? Yeah. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, I had, so I had Dr. Chip Dodd on my show, on my podcast yesterday, actually, oh, wow. uh, I think it'll be airing in a couple of weeks, uh, author of the voice of the heart. If you haven't read the book. And phenomenal read, but he used to treat professionals and high achievers for uh, basically this, you know, for essentially for addiction is what they did eventually come in for. But um, you know, we talked about. I asked him a question about, hey, do leaders come in when they see the warning signs? You know, are they able to catch it quickly? And he goes, no. Yeah you know, driven people run right through all the yellow and they wait till it's red. <laughs> you know, they wait till the family's destroyed, the business is destroyed and all, all this stuff. There's a huge addiction problem uh, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think uh, for me, I, you know, looking back, I wish I had paid attention to a lot of the warning signs, you know, and for, for leaders listening, you know, those little indicators on your dashboard are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, well, what are uh, some of those? Well, I mean, you know, certainly uh, the physical signs would be, you know, tightness of your chest, you know, all the anxiety type stuff, headaches, stomach problems, uh, weird injuries, you know, like uh, 
back, neck, knees, you know, tendons for no reason. It's not just because you're getting old. It's, you know, it's tension. It's tension in your body. And, you know, your relationships maybe aren't where you want them to be. You know, maybe your friends make a comment that you're not who you used to be, you know, things like that. Um, and so for me, I, I think, you know, the personal side for me, unfortunately, I didn't pay attention. And I think I got to the point where I realized vulnerability was important because I, I had nothing left to hide. Mm. Um, I, I tried to work in a few jobs after I left law enforcement, but I didn't want to deal with my issues. I, I was just done with law enforcement. Okay, well, that didn't solve the problem because I'm still here. Mm. I'm still not vulnerable. I'm still not going to tell anybody I have these insecurities and anxieties and that the stuff I saw and did when I was in law enforcement ate at me. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I literally got to rock bottom, just like, you know, these leaders that, that Dr. Dodd treats. And um, I ended up jobless living in Peru and um, <laughs> studying for the CPA exam while I was living there. Um, but uh, you know, broken relationships, I had been through a divorce, I uh, had been through, you know, a few, uh, I'd say were, were decent relationships that, uh, you know, I couldn't sustain and, uh, you know, still trying to be the same version of me. Mm. And then when you realize when I think there was a point, I don't know, there was a day that I could point to, but there was, there was finally a point where I kind of looked at that and I went, what am I, what do I think I'm hiding from people? Mm. You know, they're seeing all this. I don't have a job. I'm living in Peru. I have all these broken relationships. I'm not faking anybody out. Like, I think I'm, look at me. I'm still perfect in Mr. Strength and, you know, stability. And they're like, yeah, no, dude, you're, you're the exact opposite. Wow. That's and so, that's so good. Yeah. I mean, it, it was very humbling. Um, and, and I think that's why I don't mind telling my story now because it's, it's, it was scary. It was horrible when I went through it, but if it'll help somebody, then I don't mind sharing it. And, um, I mean, the first step for me, I think in anybody's case is you, you gotta get help. Uh, whether that's, uh, I mean, I would highly recommend a counselor, professional help. Um, that's where I started because you don't have the answers. Otherwise you'd be working through them. That's right. So go ask somebody that's wiser, you know, has a path to help you get back on your feet and then surround yourself with truly caring, loving people who will be patient with you and help you get through it. You know, don't don't surround yourself with fake friends. Surround yourself with the people who are truly connected. So as a leader, it's not about what can I do to impress my team or get them to follow me. It's what am I doing in my personal life to make myself better? Because that's where true leadership starts. If you're not doing the things to build character and to build patience and to make yourself a better person, eventually people are going to see through that. I can prop myself up really well as a leader for, you know, a length of time, but eventually my team's going to see through me. My clients are going to see through me. So I think that's where, you know, first I, I would point to that is just, you've got to start there. You got to lead yourself. I, I think for me, it was getting, um, you know, getting more whole and then realizing that in that I could lead from a, a position of strength mm. because I didn't have anything to hide. I, I 
was actually very proud of the person I had become. So, you know, through those trials, through God's healing, through, you know, people surrounding me and helping me and, and doing these things over several years, um, you know, you just start to realize like, okay, I'm secure in my own skin. So I can allow other people to be secure around me. And that's where the vulnerability comes in is like, I, I can have a bad day and I can just let my team know like, Hey guys, I'm sorry. I'm just, it's not, it's not the best day today. If we can put off any intense discussions or, you know, if we can shelve yeah. some problems for another day, let's do that. Um, if there's fires, let's put them out. But, but here's where I am today. Yeah. And then that allows them to feel like they can come in and say, Hey, you know what, man, I'm just not firing on all cylinders today. Yeah. Uh, I'm here, I'm going to work, I'm going to serve our clients, but you know, if there's something heavy you need me to do, can we put that off for a day? Okay. Yeah. Or if somebody, you know, I mean, the whole thing of leadership is you're leading people. You're not leading a task. So you've got to allow people to be people. And all the things that we know about ourselves and all our, our fragile points are the same things that the people under, under our leadership are dealing with. You know, you've got deaths in the family, you, you know, a dog that got hit by a car or whatever, you know, you, there, there's things that affect people. And, uh, and I think by just allowing people to be human and to have a minute to catch themselves and then get back to work, they, they feel like, okay, I'm here. I can be human. I can work. I can do the things I need to do. Um, and then it allows our clients to be relaxed. Like, you know, I, I'm, you know, your listeners can't see me, but I'm wearing pretty relaxed clothes, which most CPAs aren't. And I don't, I don't have anything to prove to anybody. Mm, My clients come in because they like working with us. We serve them well. We do the things that are good for them and their business but you won't catch me in a suit and a tie unless I absolutely have to, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. unless there's a court appearance or something, you know, I'm, I'm wearing a t-shirt and, you know, I'm probably not that relaxed all the time, but, <laughs> but you get my point. Like that's, that's part of being vulnerable. Like I'm just going to be myself. Mm. If somebody walks in my office and they're like, Oh, you know, you're not wearing a shirt and a tie. You're not driving a, a Mercedes. I don't know that you're the right accountant for me. Okay. No problem, man. There's one right down the road that dresses like that and drives a Mercedes. I'd be happy to point you towards them. I love that. So, yeah, yeah. no, I love that. And, and you mentioned, you know, you mentioned uh, previously how you found yourself. And I, and I call that in the, in the, in the lead through method, I call that like finding out where are you, right. The locating it. And, you know, you mentioned when you, when you were in Peru, how you found yourself um, and you said to yourself, what am I, like, what am I doing? You know, people already can see, you kind of, you know, that was your moment of, Hey, let's take this mask off. Right. Let's, let's be me now for a moment. Let's be me. Let's, let's keep it real. Let's just show the world who I am. Um, no more faking it. Right. So, um, and you mentioned that the next step for you was finding help, right. Seeking out help. And, And that's hard for leaders to do. Right. So can you name a person who has had a tremendous impact on you as a leader and why and how did this person impact your life? I mean, who you surround yourself with is, is so important. So, so important. 
not just from an ability to be real, but what does their life look like? And are they chasing the things that are important to you? Mm. Because if you, you know, like Dave Ramsey says, uh, I've heard him say, uh, if you, you know, hang, if you soar, or what does he say? If you fly with eagles, you'll soar. Mm. If you hang out with a bunch of donkeys, you just become a, you know, <laughs> and uh, uh, so, yeah, I'd say if I had to point towards my first really big kind of transition, it would be uh, Pastor Bud Lamb. Mm. Um, so Bud is actually an author. Uh, he wrote the book um, Chasing the Sage, I think it's called. Uh, he's got a podcast out there. He he works with a lot of pastors. But what Bud did was he pulled together a group that he called Barnabas. And in that, we uh, there were, you know, Groups of guy, a group of guys, of uh, leaders that would come in. We would do, you know, intense Bible study over the week. It was every Sunday morning at, I think at seven a.m. or something like that. We would journal all week. We would, um, we'd have some writing and reading assignments, and then we'd come in. But the difference between that group and any other group I'd been a part of was was uh, it required vulnerability. It required men to come in and be like men. I read this passage this morning and this is why it hit me. My, my marriage is on the rocks. My kids hate me. Uh, my business is failing. My, you know, I'm struggling with pornography. Um, whatever it is. I mean, you had these eight guys sitting around a table, just being real, just being dudes saying, man, I, you know, started out with one drink a night to calm myself from work. And now I'm, you know, drinking a bottle of whiskey okay, I'm glad you told us, let's, you know, what can we do to help? And so that yeah, really bud, and maybe not directly because he and I have a great relationship, but not a, a, you know, super intimate. We don't sit down and have coffee all the time, but just by leading that and, and giving us the platform as men to kind of open up and share with each other, it was pretty incredible. Mm. So get around, get in an atmosphere of vulnerability, a transparency where you can be real with, share with a few people. Yeah. Uh, and I've heard it said, I'm probably going to butcher the quote because I do that a lot. Um, I do but too. it's something <laughs> something like, you know, man's our, our, one of our deepest desires is to be known, is to know and be known. Yeah. Yeah. And when you get around dudes who are, you know, I, I'm a super lax guy. So I use terms like dudes and I'm from California too. So, <laughs> uh, but you get around dudes who just, they just, uh, you look at them and you think, wow, you know, beautiful wife, great, polite kids, you know, live in the big house on the hill, super successful job, you know, manly man, shake, you shake your, his hand and he crushes your hand. You know, you're like, wow, this, this guy's got it all. And then you go in a room with him and he shares all the brokenness and the stuff he's struggling with. And, and you go, wow. Not, wow, like, oh, my gosh, you're a wreck. Wow, you too? Right. Wow, you you deal with that too? That's impossible. How do you, you know, how does that equate? Mm. And then you start to realize, you know, we may not have the same issues or the same struggles, but right. you start to relate and go, wow, okay, you've got that struggle. I've got this struggle over here. At the time, I was a single guy, uh, you know, coming out of my divorce and things. And so I'm going, okay, I can't relate to some of the marital issues, but uh, I can relate to some of the other issues. Right. 
And so, you know, you get around that and you realize, wow, these guys really have my back. Um, I can be real. I can be me. And then when you get confidence that I'm loved, even though I have all this stuff, uh, you can go out into the world and be so much more impactful. Mm, so true. Wow. So Clint, let's sh- shift gears a little bit here. Um, so what would you say are the most uh, important decisions that you make as a leader within your organization? So uh, the most important decisions that always have to do around people. So um, I have to, first I put my team at the top mm. because if my team is, uh, if we're getting along, we're communicating well, we're, we're functioning well, everybody's healthy and they feel like they have uh, a place to, uh, to vent when they need to uh, and to make things better when they have the opportunity to, mm-hmm. then we create uh, an atmosphere that's, that's uh, positive for our clients. So we start with the team. Secondly, would be anything related to my clients. So that's either directly by, you know, answering calls, emails, you hear about a death in the family, you're reaching out to them just like, gosh, I'm so sorry to hear about this. Um, Those types of things or indirectly, meaning like the processes that we can put in place to make our our, uh, client experience better. Um, It's always going to be about people. That's right. I mean, the tasks don't matter. When I first got into accounting, let's face it, accounting on its on its uh, surface is very boring. Uh, it's sitting in a room crunching numbers. Going from law enforcement to accounting. <laughs> Chasing yeah. bad guys to looking for the quarter, right? <laughs> I'm just teasing. But. You know, it's, it's true, man. Uh, but until you realize the human connection of that is, yeah, I work with business owners. That's my my primary focus. I do have a lot of individual clients too, but we work with a ton of business owners and there's a ton of people who are absolutely passionate about what they do. Uh, Like for instance, I've got a a woodworker. If you go to my Instagram page, uh, next peak CPA or, or my podcast page, next peak podcast. uh, There's a picture of this coffee table that my client made. It's unbelievable believable i mean pictures don't do it justice it's unreal Hmm. and so you know i've got a guy like that i've got uh, glass blowers i've got tattoo artists uh, you know i've got people in a wide variety of industries and they they like what they do they love serving their clients and they go man this accounting stuff is scary Hmm. i don't even it's like chinese i can't understand it same here. So, That's how I feel about it. <laughs> seriously. So I should be getting a call from Jose Vargas. Then. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, but the cool part is it makes sense to my brain, right? So um, that's not a, a credit to me. It's just a God-given thing. I woke up and math made sense and that's the way it works. And so I'm able to give them something that gives them confidence to go out and do what they're great at. Mm. And, uh, and so that's, why I do what I do. I love it. I, I love just serving people and learning more about my profession so I can make them even stronger in what they do. That's awesome. And, and Clint, right before we leave here, so what is one characteristic that you believe that every leader should possess now more than ever? Well, I mean, I, I mean, the theme is vulnerability. I, I think you've got to be real. Mm-hmm. You've just got to be you. And if you start to realize, well, by being you, one, you're going to allow your people to be themselves. And two, you're going to start to see your own flaws. Mm. 
So if I go to work and I pretend to be John Maxwell, mm. I'm so great. And I, you know, I have all these leadership qualities because I read them in John Maxwell's books. <laughs> and my, my team's like, no, dude, you're not at all. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, here, let me hold the mirror up for you so you can see Clint and not John in the picture. <laughs> um, so by being... Yeah, by being real, you start to you start to realize your own failings. And that's good because then you go, okay, wait, I thought I was really patient mm. and I kind of I kind of got irritated yeah. about something that I shouldn't have been irritated about. Let me let's examine that. Let's get better about it. To me all the time. <laughs> I think it's just human, man. <laughs> but it, but it, that's you know, vulnerability is is so important to your team, to your clients but also to yourself and, uh, you know, and the legacy you want to leave. Yeah. And you can't work on things. I think, you know, I loved when you came on in my show and we talked about that, just if you're not honest with where you are, mm -hmm. you can't begin to improve. Yeah. And you know, I was going to mention that, uh, Clint, because, you know, there's, I think there's a fine line between being who you are versus imp improving to be the best version of who you could become, Right. Yeah, that's a really, really important point because there are people who go, this is just me. Right, right. And it's you an know. excuse. It's a cop-out. Yeah, I, I'm a jerk. I'm always yeah. going to be a jerk. That's the way it is. Right. And you go, okay, well, that's a lazy way of thinking. I'm exactly. sorry, but I'm going to call you out on that. Yeah. No, that's not fair to the rest of the world. And right. really, it's not fair to you. you right. Do you want the best version of you? Or do you just want to show up and be like, man, the world just needs to accept me and uh, this is it. I'm, I'm staying. Right. And yeah. we all have the ability to grow. Uh, but John Maxwell points out that, you know, growth is optional. Right. It's, it doesn't happen just because you live life. Right. It's not automatic. Right. Yeah. And, and my friend Alex Judd, I think I give him credit for it, but every time I do, he says it's somebody else's quote. Um, but he, you know, we hear that the word we hear it said, you know, experience is the greatest teacher. And he says, no, reflected experience is the greatest teacher. So just because you showed up and lived life doesn't mean you learned anything. Right. But if you go back and go, okay, you know, man, I'm, I, I'm, I could be a better version of me. You know, I don't, I don't have to walk around yelling and screaming at my team. Right. Right. I got to, I got to improve that. Um, they said, you know, if you take somebody who's very overweight and, you know, they've got bad eating habits, they don't exercise, all that stuff. And and you say, hey, you know, why don't you get in shape? And they say, well, because I don't have the energy to get in shape. I, I don't have the energy to do this. And he and he says, yeah, but it, it's not more energy. It's just energy focused in the right direction. You have the energy, you know, think of if you're carrying around 60, 80, 100 extra pounds, how much energy does that take to stand up from the couch? Right. How much energy does that take to walk down the hallway with all that extra weight? How much energy does it, does it take to, you know, force yourself to eat stuff that you know is bad for your body? It's just refocusing that energy. So, you know, you're, you're either spending a lot of energy to maintain a lifestyle that isn't good for you, is destructive to the people around you, or you're spending energy to become a better version of you and make the world a better place. Mm. Yeah. 
I love that. And and is it fair to say that one of your keys to getting unstuck and becoming the leader, a leader worth following, is it vulnerability? Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I, but I think that that came with the growth and becoming more confident in who I am. Mm. I don't think vulnerability can be the goal so much as, as the more of a result of getting healthy. Mm. If that makes sense. That, yeah. So I can't, I can't be totally vulnerable if I'm a complete train wreck, right? Nobody wants to follow a train wreck. Right. But if I go and I get healthy and I work on myself, I'm confident in who I am. I'm proud. You know, I'm, I'm remarried. I have two stepkids. I, I love my family. I serve my family. Uh, I'm proud of what we, what we do together, my wife and I. So then I can be more transparent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it, it truly starts with that. It, yeah, vulnerability is more like the the fruit, I guess, of the tree. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow, man, this is so good, Clint. So, Clint, where can people find you? <laughs> uh, you can go to Next Peak CPA. That's N E X T P E A K, because peaking would be kind of weird. Um, <laughs> but Next Peak CPA dot com or nextpeakpodcast.com. Uh, we're located in Northern California, but we, we serve clients all over the country if people are looking for uh, business consulting. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Clint, thank you so much. We appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, Jose. I appreciate it, man. Great questions. Great time. Honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>